Welcome to episode 95. That's right, ladies and gents. Episode 95 of Monday State of Mind. My name is Michael Mazel, and I'm the Director of Alumni and Recovery Support Services for the Harmony Foundation. We are in the thick of February theme talking about dating and sobriety. This topic is almost as cool as when I talked about sex and sobriety back in November of 2021. These topics, and I love them because these topics are important and people have questions. And I feel so lucky to be able to get guests to come on this podcast to talk about these important subjects and share their experience with you so that you know that you can do this. We can all grow through these uncomfortable moments in our lives. So good. So I had Aaliyah on and she crushed it from a woman's perspective, crushed talking about dating and sobriety in my eyes. And today the guest that I have on is an amazing guy. And if you ever get the chance to meet him, his hair game is on point and he's just so witty and so honest. And I was so happy when he said yes to coming on to talking about this. So get excited, get so ready for this next 30 minutes or so with this amazing human. So can you please tell the world who you are on Monday State of Mind? Thanks, Michael, for that over-the-top introduction. Um, (laughs) My name is Sam, recovering alcoholic. I'm a Harmony alum and just a a kid at heart, I guess you could say. Oh my God, the total kid in the best way possible. So Sam, I texted you. I was like, listen, buddy, I need you to come on this podcast and talk about dating and sobriety because this can be a really scary topic and something that so many people shy away from or they're like, It's hopeless now that I'm sober. I'm sober. I don't have that liquid courage in my hand anymore to be able to date. I would love to hear from the beginning when you first started dating in sobriety, what that looked like for you. How did you manage to get over and work through those fears of not having that social lubricant that everybody thinks they need when they date, but oh no, no, you don't need it. Yeah, I mean, that's an awesome question. My journey really started at rehab. And I had that thought, how am I supposed to meet somebody without the social lubricant without how do young people meet at bars? And eventually, like, how am I gonna, you know, bring up that I'm a sober person, I kind of felt this huge stigma behind it, going to rehab and getting sober. And the reality is, majority of people that you talk to about it, they're always super psyched to hear that I'm working on myself and I'm actively trying to find ways to grow. And sobriety is a big, big deal. And it took me a while after rehab, I did my own research for a little bit, but I came back and honestly, I was really in no position to start dating. I was living at home. I had no job. I wasn't going to school. I had like nothing going in my life. But that was also kind of a gift because it was like, well, 
nobody's really looking for somebody that's really down in the dumps. And I, I found that as an opportunity to really work on myself and to discover and rediscover who I was. And they always say, take about a year or so before you actually start dating. And I think that's because you don't want to put all this pressure on the other person, on the partner. And you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. And I think relationships work if both people are happy individuals going into the relationship. So what dating for me looked like at first, I was kind of comfortable with living my silver life alone. And um, (laughs) somebody actually in this room was the one that pushed me into the dating game. I was all for it, but like, I didn't know what that looked like. So it's the 21st century and there's lots of dating apps and stuff. So that's, that's really where I started. And the most important thing is to wear your sobriety on your sleeve, yes. not hide it. And these dating apps, they all have the option to show, do you drink, do you smoke, do you drug or whatever? And I found that beneficial to me because not only could others see my profile and see, oh, this person, they don't drink or smoke or do drugs. I could see as well that if they drink, smoke or do drugs. And you can also tell by the pictures, right? The ones I would always like avoid were the girls who they always have a glass of wine or a drink in their hand. Obviously, this person really enjoys drinking and maybe it's a part of their personality and that's fine. But that's not something that I was really looking for. So it's okay to be picky. I got a lot of crap from a buddy of mine who's just like, you're dating all these people, but you're not taking that next step. And I felt bad about it for a little bit. But at the same time, I was just like, I'm not really looking for a short-term thing. Like I'm looking for a long-term and somebody that I can grow and connect with. I love that. And I'm going to stop you there for a second because I love what you said in the very beginning. And it's this theme that I've noticed it has is coming up. And I love how you said you wanted to make sure that you were happy first and that whoever you're going to date is happy so that when you guys come together, you are already like exactly who you are. You don't need that person to fix you or to make you who you are. You know who Sam is. And I would love it if you would touch on that. What did that do for you, Sam, when you realized honestly how important that was to do to like get comfortable with who Sam is in order to start dating. I think it's important to be comfortable with yourself because especially early on in sobriety, you you don't want to lean on any one person and burden, maybe burdens, not really the right word, but burden them with what's going on in your thought process. Cause especially early, early on in sobriety, like we're kind of just all over the place. Yeah. And That's why I think taking that year to really do that self-discovery and really love oneself is so vital to like a healthy, happy relationship because at the end of the day, you might spend all this time together, but they can't be in your head. It's important. I love that you said that. It's a theme and I love it. And so I would love to fast forward into your dating. Sam kicks ass at dating. Let's just be real here. And Sam... How were you able to get over the fact of being like, I'm not just going to go meet somebody at the bar for a date. I'm not just going to go meet somebody for happy hour. Your dates started to look different. And so how did you decide to make that choice to just get excited about like, hey, dating 
sober is going to be fun and it's going to be a great time. So can you like walk us through what that looked like for you setting up dates? And even if you did go out for dinner and drinks, AKA like soda water and things like that, how were you able to feel that fun? Right. Cause so many of us are like, it's not going to be fun. I'm mostly speaking from the perspective of the, the swiping apps, because I think that's how a lot of people meet nowadays, not only just like in sobriety, but I think normies do it too. So I think it's important to have sort of like a weed out process, not only from a visual perspective, but once you kind of get the conversation going. And honestly, it took me a while to, to sort of figure out, okay, I matched with this person. What do I say? And it's important to, to be true to yourself, to also have a little bit of fun with it too. My openers, if you will, they were like a three-part question basically. And they're just sort of the goofy hypotheticals. The first question I'd always ask is, who would win in a fight, Batman with all his gadgets, or Jackie Chan holding a priceless vase who doesn't want any trouble? (laughs) You know, just really dumb stuff like that. But like, from my perspective, it was, if the person is like playful with it, if they're having fun with the questions, that's obviously somebody that I want to meet. And it made the process a lot. Like, I looked forward to it. It wasn't like a oh my God, I have to get dressed, do my awesome hair and meet up with whoever downtown. It got me excited just meeting new people and talking to new people and hearing their experiences. The question, if not in the first date, usually came up maybe even before the date. So I see on your profile that you're sober. And at first it's a little nerve wracking, right? You've met this complete stranger. You want to make a good impression You don't want to tell them your whole story, but you also want to be true to yourself. So that can go a lot of different ways. I feel like my answer might have changed depending on the situation. I never outright told them, you know, I went to rehab and do all this stuff. It was usually just, I kept it very simple on the first date. I was drinking a lot or, you know, I was drugging a lot and I didn't like the person that I was becoming. So I decided to make a change and... That change has so far worked out for the better. And I really don't see a, you know, a point in picking up a drink or picking up a drug. Yeah. I love it because just like you said, with your entry questions for people, when we remove that social lubricant and you like really see if people can be okay with being silly or embrace being goofy. And that's when you're like, okay, I want to see these parts of this person. I don't want people to hide who they are. And that's what we did when we drank, we hide a piece of ourselves. And so fast forward to today, you're dating somebody. Oh, Sam, you guys right now, this handsome man with this amazing hair, he's off the market. Sorry, ladies, take a number. Sam, now that you've been dating somebody for a hot minute sober and things seem to be going well, can you walk us through what it feels like to be in a space in early recovery being like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to date again. Like, I don't know if this is going to happen for me to fast forward now a few years later and you're in a pretty great relationship. Did any of that seem possible? At the time, especially sitting there and like detox and rehab, of course not. I was very down on myself, obviously, just kicking myself, basically. No one's going to love me. I'm going to be alone forever. 
And fast forwarding to today, yeah, it's an awesome feeling being off the market or whatever you want to say. <laughs> but like, it's great being able to connect with someone, not only on this emotional level, but a physical level that I really didn't experience even before I got sober. All my relationships when I was drinking and drugging felt very surface level. There was always one thing that I put in front of everything, and that was the drink or the drug. So now I love my girlfriend very much, and but it's important that I keep my sobriety first. And yeah. some advice that I heard from, actually, it was advice said to your husband uh-huh. early on was love doesn't fix alcoholism, dumbass. And <laughs> I've really taken that to heart. And I think that the thing that makes this relationship special is that not everything is sunshine and rainbows. Like we have disagreements. And I think in those disagreements, that's where we grow as people. When I wasn't sober, I would avoid conflict. I didn't want, I didn't want to deal with hard things. Relationships can be easy for sure, but you don't want it to be built on a sham. If you agree with them all the time, I just don't see that working out. So disagreements do happen for sure. But I think that's, you learn and grow as a person. There's still things that I have to work on. And I'm thankful for the little spats and conflicts because I can look at my side of the street and be like, okay, what do I need to work on? What do I need to do in the future? What can I do better? Isn't that sobriety in a nutshell? Looking at the past and cleaning up your side of the street, basically. Yeah. Oh, you guys got to put this on repeat. Sam's dropping gold. The last thing I want to ask you, Sam, is before you found this amazing human that you've been dating for a while now, obviously in dating, there can be times where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. This sucks. This is freaking exhausting, man. What was it that kept you being like, hey, fall down seven times, get back eight. What was it that you just decided to keep going? Because sometimes people get so defeated. They go on a couple of dates and they're like, oh, it's pointless. There's no one for me. Why am I doing this? What was it for you that you could share with these amazing listeners that helped you just to be like, hey, you got to just keep trying. The dating burnout is real. Uh, (laughs) I've experienced it many a times. And it's important to take a little bit of a break. Go out, do stuff you like to do. Go to the library, you know, play some video games. Do what you like for a little bit. I guess what kept drawing me to it was I was happy with being with myself, but I craved like more. Yeah. There's more to life. Learning from people's experiences and their not only triumphs, but also the tribulations that they go through. It's a great feeling getting close to somebody like that. And it's fun getting out of your comfort zone. I love that you said that. <laughs> One of the more memorable dates I feel like I went on was this date. I want to say it was about a year or two ago. And we matched. I had a goofy little conversation. We decided to meet up. And she chose a location, which was some hipster bar downtown. It's important when you're going into dating to realize what your strengths and weaknesses are. especially in sobriety and I wasn't much of a bar drinker to be honest so like I was able to go there and I didn't feel pressured or anything like that but it was also a good idea for me 
to reach out to those in my community, those in my circle and be like, hey, this is where I'm going. Almost have them as an emergency line, like text them. If shit started to go sideways, I'm able to text a buddy or text you, get me out of here, basically. I feel like that's just good dating advice in general, like especially for women. If she's with a creepy dude on the first date and wants to get out of there, she tells her friends. The same thing can happen with guys, though. If you're feeling uncomfortable or this person just, you're not really vibing with them, get out of there. <laughs> Time is precious, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the date went fine. Uh, things inevitably didn't work out. And I was thankful for that experience because I learned Oh, I can go to a bar and meet people. These drinks are expensive. These non-spirited cocktail drinks. I'm just drinking syrup. <laughs> I learned, yeah, these kind of suck. I'd much rather go to a coffee shop or go do something fun like batting cages or mini golf or the corn maze was a good one when that's in town. When you get sober, you're like, oh my God, my life is over. I'm not going to be able to go do things and meet people. But your mind is so stuck on those old things that you went and did, like going to a bar or going to a ball game and having a beer in your hand. There's so many experiences out there that we get the opportunity to have when we're not a slave to the drink, a slave to the drug, that my dating life really exploded after I got sober because I feel like what we touched on earlier, I was able to pinpoint, this is the stuff that I like to do. And this is the stuff that I'm looking for in another person. And I hope they have the same interests as me. So I'm sure that did not answer the question. Oh, but. it answered the question. Oh man. <laughs> this is why Sam is here. Sam, thank you for being here and thank you for your honesty and I love how these guests for February have continued to stand strong and you got to do the work on yourself before you start dating. Love yourself first so that people that come into your life compliment you and they don't fix you. Sam, thank you for being on Monday State of Mind. You're changing lives and I can't say thank you enough for your honesty and your willingness to be here. Thank you so much for the invite. It was great. <sighs> We're going to go ahead and end this incredible episode with my main man, Sam, by reminding you that if you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, please call the Harmony Foundation at 866-686-7867. Recovery is a journey and Harmony gives you the map. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week. <laughs>